Edwards Life Sciences would like to express our gratitude for all those on the front lines of responding to this fluid situation with COVID-19. We appreciate the strong leadership and dedication of healthcare providers to patients around the world, and we express our care and concern for you during this challenging time. You're listening to Roxheart Radio, hosted by Roxana Mehran. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series on the inflammatory hypothesis in CVD with guests Sanjit Jolly, Peter Libby, and Jean-Claude Tardif. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock's Heart Radio, a wonderful, wonderful podcast. And boy, are we lucky today. We really hit the jackpot today. The topic today is inflammation. Aren't you all inflamed? It's just before the election, I'm absolutely inflamed. I can't imagine what's gonna happen in the next month here in, in our country. But we have the, the real giants here today, two from Canada, one from the US. First and foremost, Dr. Peter Libby, the Mallinckrodt Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Good morning, Dr. Libby. So Good wonderful. Good morning, Roxanne. Great to be here. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna call you Peter, is that all right? because I never usually do, but I'm going to do that anyway, because we're it's having fun. Time. Yeah. We've known each other for a long time. A long time, that's right. And then, of course, we have two giants from Canada, our neighboring country. Jean-Claude Tardif is Director of Research Center at Montreal Heart Institute, Professor of Medicine at University of Montreal in Canada, and of course, the principal investigator of a lot of interesting trials, but the cold cut is the one that I'm we're going to talk about, but really important is called Corona and all the other stuff that you're doing. Welcome, JC. So wonderful to have you. Thank you for having me, uh, Roxana. It's wonderful that you're here. And then my dear friend, colleague, and collaborator, uh, Sanjit Jolly, professor of medicine at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. What a thrill to have you in this conversation, Sanjit. I know you're also involved on several trials that you, are, you all are doing over at McMaster, and we're going to talk about it. So the topic today is inflammation. And um, uh, Peter, it's been, I don't know, I think over a quarter of a century that you've been focused on this topic in your vascular biology lab. Why inflammation? Why did you decide about that? And what made you go down that route? Well, when I was a, a student uh, in Dr. Bromwell's laboratory, in San Diego, I did my thesis on infarct size limitation. And I thought, you know, we're putting our finger in the dike at the end stage of the disease. I'd like to learn something more about the initiation. Uh, at that point, there was nothing you could do about lipids. They were not really actionable. Uh, and I wasn't really very grease oriented. So when I struck out on my own, I thought things through and identified uh, inflammation as where I wanted to go. And it was pretty lonely at that time. You know, you, you talk like you're, you come from another like world. I mean, God, you're so young and vibrant. Come on, everybody knows. I've seen you in the gym. So don't tell me that you're from this other place where statins didn't exist, et cetera. You are a young, young soul, aren't you? Uh, young, young at heart. Yes, I did the virtual <laughs> beta yesterday. So I, I, I ran about 14K. Uh, but at my own pace. That's right. An, an amazing, amazing athlete. Uh, and I look at you and I want to I wanna have what you're having, whatever it is. Uh, so 
especially your enthusiasm for, for medicine and for inflammation and watching Paul Ritger do some of his stuff. And um, so you want to talk about Paul's, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Ritker's work and the colchicine trial he ran before we get to JC's trial? Right. So, you know, I was sitting there with my uh, Petri plates and my rabbits and mice, uh, and we were really itching for the opportunity to translate. And I think that work done from the Rome group, from Attilio Masri's group uh, with Filippo Crea and, and Gigi Piasucci, uh, put CRP on the map, and Paul uh, jumped in with both feet and really validated a high-sensitivity assay and used it as a tool to show that inflammation was a terrific predictor of future events. Then he went into the Jupiter trial, and uh, I was able to work with him on that, where we found that you could allocate therapy based on inflammatory status, and that study was, was halted prematurely on the advice of the Day Safety Monitoring Committee because of overwhelming efficacy. As you recall, that was a rosuvastatin trial in primary prevention. Uh, and then uh, I uh, instigated the Cantos trial, which Paul led uh, with uh, help. He's the trialist and I'm the uh, translational guy. And uh, that was the first study that uh, showed the efficacy of an anti-inflammatory intervention in patients with coronary disease. And of course, not everything is going to work because the search trial, which Paul instigated and led, was with methotrexate, a drug that has transformed the practice of rheumatology, uh, but that was a clear null, at least in the population study. So uh, while the battle has been begun, uh, we have a lot of other shots on goal we have to test. I mean, I think it's such a beautiful, quick summary of everything 20 years of amazing work that has been done in the, in the quest for the best outcomes in our patients. And then JC comes along in the last AHA and he presents uh, the, the COCA trial. Jean-Claude, do you want to tell us about your trial and how you focused on MI patients very soon after their myocardial infarction? You want to tell us what you did in that 4,000 plus patient that you uh, randomized? Yeah, sure. Uh, but before that, Roxanne, I just wanted to say that the reason we did that was largely because of, you know, this man, this giant, that uh, the work that was done for, for decades showing that inflammation was an important uh, component of uh, the initiation and progression of the disease. And so we had the chance to try to translate some of Peter's and others' findings into the clinical setting. And so we tested cochicine as an agent that was known to be safe, that was orally administered um, and um, inexpensive. And we tested it in a trial called COLCOT, C-O-L-C-O-T, which stands for Cochicine Cardiovascular Outcomes Trial, which was a trial of 4,700 patients. Uh, as you said, Roxana recruited within 30 days after myocardial infarction. And in a nutshell, uh, what we saw was that the addition of a low dose of cochicine specifically 0.5 milligrams per day, uh, on top of standard of care, resulted in a 23% reduction in the time to first cardiovascular event. And we also looked at the total burden of event, that is the first event and recurrent events, and we showed a 34% reduction in, in total burden of events, which I think was quite important. I mean, it was pretty amazing, right? A small step making giant giant leap frankly i i believe in that this whole theory of inflammation a low dose colchicine 
making such a 23% reduction in the cardiovascular events and then the burden. Sanji, what did you think of that? You're a trialist, you and I, you know, you've led many trials. When you looked at that, were you absolutely blown away? Or were you like, wow, this is great. We need to continue on this journey. Yeah, no, you know, it, it, I've been a believer um, in Peter Libby's work, uh, as well as Jean-Claude Tardif's work. We actually uh, started our colchicine trial a little bit after uh, Jean-Claude. So we, we are running the Clear Synergy Oasis 9 trial. So that's 7,000 patients. It started just as ST Elevation of Mine is expanded to non-STEMI. And we were actually thrilled to see because, you know, Salim Youssef is the head of our research department. He pulls me aside. It's, it's actually the trial is a two-by-two two factorial design with colchicine versus placebo and spironolactone versus placebo as a routine strategy. And he said to me, spironolactone, probably going to be a win based on all the previous data. Colchicine, big long shot. And so, you know, it was really validating. When you spend years of work, uh, Jean-Claude's team did a fantastic job. Great trial. So very, very happy, validated the findings. But it's interesting, speaking around the country, I think people wanted a little more. And there's been also some more recent data from the ESC. So tell us about that. So there is actually two trials that were presented at the ESC. And I think they built upon Jean-Claude's uh, work in the Colcott trial. There was the Ladoco 2 trial, so that took patients with stable CAD, and actually John Akubum uh, was on the steering committee and one of the co-PIs from our institute. And they found a reduction in the primary outcome, which uh, CV death, MI stroke, and, and uh, um, ischemia-driven REVASC, about a 30% reduction. And they also found reductions in CV death, MI stroke. And so it's entirely consistent. The one thing that was a head-scratcher is they found a nominal excess in non-CV mortality. And, you know, it's always the question, antiplatelets or anticoagulants cause bleeding? You know, is there any downside to an anti-inflammatory drug? Uh, and maybe Peter is best to answer that question. Yeah. Well, we, we, we saw that. I, I found the Cantos trial. I, I thought that was like incredible. When that was presented, I was like, yes, we have something. And then I didn't see it go anywhere because everyone was just focused on the, you know, excess uh, issues on the non-cardiovascular issues, infections, et cetera. Peter, you want to just tell us about that and uh, yeah. well, what uh, you think? Um, Cantos trial targeted interleukin-1-beta, which is a, a cytokine that's important in host defenses. There was, as we expected, an excess of infections. There was a very small statistically significant uh, increase in infections, including uh, fatal infections. And that was counterbalanced by this remarkable uh, up to 77% decrease in lung cancer mortality, uh, which is why the DSMB kept this study going, even though there were some deaths uh, from sepsis. So the other study that was presented at the ESC was the COPS trial, which was a rather small um, infarct study, ACS trial, uh, from Australia. And there was also a signal for increased mortality there. So I think we really need to drill down. And I, I'd be interested in knowing Jean-Claude's uh, take on whether this is play of chance or whether uh, there's uh, anything to this signal for increased mortality. Jean-Claude? Yes, well, yeah, that's, an, that's an important point, obviously. Uh, if you look at the total number of deaths in uh, cold cut, it was 43 in the cautiousing arm and 44 in the in the placebo arm. So, you know, there was no excess of, of, of deaths globally. Uh, as far as low doco 2 is concerned, uh, there was, as was mentioned before, 
a small non-significant increase in non-cardiovascular death. And so I think globally, you know, when you, when you do uh, an analysis of both studies together, the increase is not statistically significant. Now, even when you count COPS, as you said, Peter, which is a small study in the increase, the imbalance is not significant. Now, um, COPS, I think, has a number of important limitations and problems. It was an 800 patient study. And what was not written in the paper, uh, without being too nasty, hopefully, but there were two part-time nurses to follow 800 patients. Two part-time nurses to follow 800 patients. There were three times more patients lost to follow-up than deaths. So not to say that obviously looking at death is not important, but I personally do not assign a lot of uh, value to that trial, unfortunately. I think the LODOCO2 trial is a much more robust trial to have a, you know, serious discussion about this important issue. Well, I mean, I think the issue is, you know, the, the issue is out there and we're starting to see more and more positive results in terms of reduction of cardiovascular events. The non-cardiovascular issues are important. I think it's this safety efficacy balance that we always, always use in directing our treatments. And now we are uh, in COVID. I wish I could be together with you in, in the studio and talk together really close and give you guys hugs and kisses as I always do. Um, but, but now we're far apart. I'm, by the way, I miss you guys so much. Uh, I miss seeing you. I miss uh, having conversations and sitting on panels. And I think when we do get back, it's gonna be great um, to see all of you in person and um, really, really um, appreciate our uh, in-person in presence.